Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Hello, 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 and welcome back to a new episode. I hope you are doing fabulous. All right, so in our last episode, we heard from Dr. Javade on what women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s should know about menopause. And today, we are still on the matter. But since I am a women's health dietitian, we're getting into your diet. So what foods you can implement today to help you support this transition of your life, whether it's coming up soon or later down the road. And you might be wondering, well, Valerie, I'm in my 30s. Why does this matter? Or I'm in my 40s. Who cares? But let me tell you this. More and more women are going into menopause or perimenopause rather earlier, which I'll break down shortly what it is and all the things you need to know about it. In fact, if you are in your mid 30s to 40s, this is common for some women. But really, no matter what age you are, now is the time to be informed about what you can be doing to support this period in your life before and during menopause or perimenopause. But before we jump in, when was the last time you left a rating or review? Guys, please support us by taking a moment to leave a five-star rating, share how much you love the Flourish Heights podcast and all the gems that we share in every single episode. Thank you so much in advance. Now let's talk about what to eat during perimenopause and menopause. But first, what exactly is perimenopause? So this means around menopause and it refers to the time during which your body makes that natural transition to menopause. So it's marking the end of the reproductive years and you may notice new changes. Um, There's so many, but some women may experience menstrual irregularity sometime in your 40s. But some women also may notice those changes as early as their mid 30s. The level of estrogen, this is the main female hormone in your body, is like rising and falling unevenly during perimenopause, which is why you may experience some of those symptoms. Your menstrual cycles may lengthen or they may shorten, and you may even have menstrual cycles in which your ovaries don't release an egg, so you may notice you're not ovulating. So once you go through these 12 consecutive months without a menstrual period, you have officially reached menopause, and perimenopause period is over. All right, so jumping into menopause, this is the time that marks the end of your menstrual cycles. And it's a natural biological process. Every woman will go through this. And there are so many different um, symptoms that we're going to get into. But there's also a lot of effective treatments available from lifestyle adjustments to more conventional therapies, which in our last episode, Dr. Javade did a really great job of explaining all of these different types of solutions that can help women you know, just enjoy this transition a little bit better. So some of the symptoms that may arise, there are over 30 symptoms that Dr. Javade talked about. Irregular periods, to hot flashes, to mood changes, to vaginal dryness, to changes in your sexual function, loss of bone. I mean, the list really goes on. 
Some people may even have changing cholesterol levels. So if you're at this period of your life and you're noticing that, you know, all of a sudden you are having high cholesterol, your LDL, which is like the quote unquote bad cholesterol that increases your risk for heart disease, that goes up or your HDL, your good cholesterol is decreasing. It might be because of those estrogen changes that are going on in your body. Um, But some risk factors. So again, this is a normal phase in your life, but it may occur earlier in some women than others. And some evidence suggests that certain factors may make it more likely that you start perimenopause at an earlier age. So I'm going to go through a few of those things. The first thing is smoking. The onset of menopause occurs one to two years earlier in women who smoke than in women who do not smoke. Family history, that's another one. So women with a family history of early menopause may experience early menopause themselves. Certain treatments, whether that's radiation or chemotherapy, um, certain types of surgeries, procedures, hysterectomies, depending on what type of hysterectomy you had, may put you into early menopause as well. All right, so now that I've given you that background, now we can talk about diet. So diet and lifestyle, it may not be a cure-all for everything, but still the choices that you do make can make a big difference in your quality of life. And you may even find some relief from some of these uncomfortable symptoms that perimenopause and menopause may bring, such as poor sleep, hot flashes, low bone density, and so much more. When I counsel women who are going through perimenopause and menopause, one of the things that comes up quite a lot is, you know, Valerie, all of a sudden I'm noticing a lot more fat around my abdomen or I'm gaining weight more frequently. I don't know why, but this is this happens and it impacts between 60 to 70 percent of menopausal women. Um, and it has been associated with a decline in muscle mass due to hormonal changes. So because of these shifting hormones, that causes a redistribution of abdominal fat. If weight management is a goal or you're looking for ways to better manage some of these uncomfortable symptoms that you're experiencing, nutrition can definitely play a role. So I'm going to share six things that you can do to help improve your health overall, to manage your weight a little better, to just make sure you're setting yourself up for success during this phase of your life or before you enter this phase of your life. Number one, ladies, increase your protein intake. Make sure you're getting enough protein. Don't overdo it, but you need to prioritize protein, especially during this period of your life. Perimenopause is a time when your body is going through numerous changes. And because of these changes, your body could use a little bit more of certain nutrients. For example, your muscle mass starts to decrease during perimenopause. And protein can assist in maintaining muscle mass. And with these fluctuating hormones, Balance really is the name of the game. Protein can also help by regulating appetite and it can also help to manage your blood sugar levels. So if you are dealing with things like insulin resistance or if you have diabetes, we really need to make sure that you are getting inconsistent protein in your diet. To get maximum benefits, spread your protein intake out over three meals and a snack. So throughout the day, and that will help ensure you're hitting that daily recommendation. We all have different protein needs. So if you're looking for a specific recommendation, see your own dietitian, and it doesn't have to be complicated. So for example, if you're having a Greek yogurt, which has protein in it, pair it with some nuts for more protein, add some berries and boom, like such a nice light breakfast. Then for lunch, a bean-based soup, you know, delicious because beans have protein in them. So it's such a great option. Cheese and an apple for a snack. So cheese provides some protein. You're having it with some fruit and boom, good to go. 
And then for dinner, wild salmon, greens, you know, pair it with a grain so that salmon's providing that protein. But, you know, these are just little ways that you can add in protein to your day. So number one, add more protein because you're likely not even getting enough. (laughs) Number two, consider soy in moderation. I know soy, very controversial, but guys, lots of great research out there to show that women, especially menopausal women, may benefit from adding soy to their diets because of the presence of isoflavins. Isoflavins are plant estrogens. They do act like estrogen in the body, but it's very weak and it actually has a lot of benefit. In fact, there was one study published in the Menopause Journal that followed, I forgot how many women. Basically, they had added half a cup of soy to their diet every day for 12 weeks and that reduced their hot flashes by 84%. And in addition to reducing hot flashes generally, soy may actually help to lower cardiac risk factors associated with menopause and protect bone health. Soy is a great plant-based protein perfect for you and if you are a vegan and vegetarian too wonderful option and when it comes to the controversy around soy and breast cancer there is no evidence linking soy to worsened breast cancer outcomes and research studies actually suggest that soy might reduce the risk if you do have hormonal issues thyroid issues etc please see your doctor first before adding soy into your routine How do I add more soy to my diet, Valerie? Well, I'll tell you, I have five ways you can do that. Number one, tofu scramble. Swap scrambled eggs with tofu in your morning routine. Number two, edamame snack. Keep a bag of frozen edamame in your freezer. Just boil or steam them for a few minutes. Sprinkle a little bit of sea salt and enjoy as a nutritious snack that is high in protein. Number three, tofu stir fry. Just replace your meat with sliced tofu in your stir fry dishes. Add all the vegetables that you enjoy and love. And that tofu really does absorb the flavor very well and marinate with soy, ginger, garlic, all these amazing herbs and spices to make it delicious. Number four, soy milk smoothies. Use soy milk as a base for your smoothies. It's such a creamy and protein-rich alternative to dairy milk. Combine it with fruits, greens, and a source of healthy fats. You can add avocado, nut butter, and that is a nutritious and balanced smoothie that you can enjoy maybe for a mid-morning snack. Number five, tempeh tacos or sandwiches. Just slice the tempeh. This is a fermented soybean cake. Has an acquired taste. It's not for everyone, but if that's the way you roll, why not do that? Marinate it with your favorite seasonings. Pan fry it, grill it until it has that golden brown look, and you can use it as a meat substitute in your tacos, your sandwiches, or wraps for a healthy and plant-based meal. When choosing soy products like tofu, look for that organic label or non-GMO label. Look for minimal ingredients and also choose firm or extra firm for cooking. So you can do silken soy for blending and soups and things like that. You can do the harder ones for stir fry, for sandwiches, etc. All right, back to what to eat to support your transition into perimenopause and menopause. Number three, eat fiber up the fiber in your diet. Soluble fiber slows gastric emptying. This means that it keeps you full for longer. And one study found that for every 10 gram increase in soluble fiber daily, belly fat was also reduced by 3.7%. So if that is a specific goal of yours, you need to be adding more fiber to your routine. Soluble fiber is found in cruciferous vegetables, beans, avocados, nuts, seeds, oats, Um, 10 grams of soluble fiber equates to having half an avocado and whole grain toast for breakfast. You see how easy that is? Adding more beans to lunch, pairing a protein at dinner with a side of roasted delicious Brussels sprouts. These are all easy ways to add fiber 
into your daily routine. And fiber is another go-to during perimenopause because it can help to, you know, help you feel fuller longer, which can curb cravings. And it can go a long way towards your weight loss efforts if that is your goal, which can be especially tough as you age and your metabolism starts to slow down a bit. Um, Fiber has also been shown to decrease your risk for certain diseases of aging, for example, such as heart disease and stroke and cancer. So number three, up your fiber. Number four, add prunes. Oh my goodness. I have lately, I've been this prune connoisseur. So I am out here like preaching the prune good news to everybody. Um, There was a 2022 study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and it found that eating just five to six prunes a day, that's about 50 grams over 12 months, preserved bone hip mineral density. It reduced hip fracture risk and reduced inflammatory mediators in postmenopausal women. Okay, so prunes, why is it like just this amazing functional food? It contains potassium, it contains boron, magnesium, vitamin K, phosphorus, all of these bone supporting nutrients. So, all the girlies that would ask me, Valerie, what's your favorite prune brand? Well, I'll tell you now, it's Sunsweet, and they have these amazing on-the-go snack packets that I'm obsessed with, which are perfect for my busy days. Slight disclosure, I am in partnership with Sunsweet. I love them. They're one of my favorite clients, but I only partner with the greatest, okay? So anyway, go get you some prunes because you will not regret it. You can add it to trail mixes. You can add it to a smoothie. Um, A couple days ago, I was on Fox 5 DC on their line lunch hour show, and I was able to share this delicious flatbread I made with microgreens, caramelized onions with prunes, mozzarella, toasted pita bread. It was so delicious, guys. So delicious. Definitely, definitely add prunes to your routine because it will help to support your bones. And that's what's really important, especially during this time. Number five, eat more omega-3s. Omega-3 fatty acids have been associated with decreased inflammation as well as improved moods. Omega-3s have also been linked to decreased depression, which is something many women experience during perimenopause. To get more omega-3s, especially EPA and DHA, it's found in fatty fish. So salmon, sardines, some types of tuna. Add more omega-3s to your diet. You will not regret it. And also, it's easy as just adding two servings of fish per week. And number six, add calcium and vitamin D to your eating routine. As you age, your risk of osteoporosis, which is a medical condition in which the bones become brittle and fragile from loss of tissue. And it's typically a result of hormonal changes, such like, you know, around this time, lots of hormonal fluctuations going on or deficiency of calcium or vitamin D. So to keep your bone health in check, up your intake of calcium to 1200 milligrams per day. Vitamin D is also important in in this regard. You want to make sure you know your baseline. I can't begin to tell you how many women I counsel um, for nutrition counseling and I ask them, hey, like, you know, do you have a record of your vitamin D level? And they're maybe in their 50s, maybe in their late 40s. And they're like, oh, I never got it checked. Like, do I need to have that done? I'm like, oh my goodness. So it's so important to know your vitamin D level baseline just, you know, to see if you're deficient in it. A lot of women are deficient in it. Head back to, I think it's episode 32. I talk all about why you need to have your levels checked. 
um, for vitamin D. But it's not only going to support your bones, it's supporting your mood, it's supporting your hormones, fertility, and so much more. If there's one thing you can do now if you are in your 20s or your 30s, get your vitamin D level checked. But if you are in your 40s or 50s, this is also extremely important for you to do. And there are so many different ways to get in more calcium and vitamin D. If you're someone that doesn't eat dairy, you can get it from plant-based sources like sardines with the bones have calcium in them. You know, one cup of kale has 100 milligrams of calcium. You can get it from white beans and so much more. So guys, definitely get your vitamin D level checked. If you are deficient, your doctor will likely be prescribing you a supplement to help you reach optimal levels. Another thing I want to stress is strength training. This is the time to also lift those weights, do those aerobic activities, resistance training, all those things can also help to build stronger bones and to maintain your muscle mass, which is extremely, extremely vital around this time and even before you enter into that phase of your life. Manage your stress, improve your sleep quality. These are all things you could be doing. Cut back on that alcohol, okay? Especially if, let's say you're already in perimenopause, you're noticing you're having some sleep challenges. It's very, very clear in research that alcohol can disrupt sleep um, and also add in those extra calories. All right, so let's bring this all together. Six things that you can do to help support this transition of your life going into perimenopause and menopause, but also before you're entering into that transition, whether you're in your 20s or 30s. Number one, add more protein. Number two, consider soy in moderation. This is especially for my menopausal woman, but see your dietitian to make sure it is right for you. Number three, eat more fiber. Number four, add prunes. Number five, eat more omega-3s. And number six, calcium and vitamin D. Make sure you're getting enough of, especially, I don't think I added this, but especially if you are vegan or a vegetarian, you want to make sure that you are getting enough calcium and vitamin D. All right, ladies, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I hope you've learned something new today, and I do wish it'll empower you to be more intentional about going the extra mile now to support your hormones, your bone health, and everything in between for now and the future. If you enjoyed today's episode on what you should eat before, during, menopause, and perimenopause, please share it with a girlfriend, your auntie, your mama, your niece, all the ladies in your life, and let's get this information out there to the masses. And together we can. Thanks for tuning in, and I will catch you in our next episode. But until then, keep flourishing. 